0: Okay, we've been going through the Lord's Prayer and uh, talking about what it really means, what it's about, and that it's to teach us how to pray, not just to be something we repeat without thinking. teaches us how to pray, and more, I guess, than that, to get our prayers answered. I want to get answers to our prayers, and so we learn to pray the right way, and we have sort of a good basis now, we approach God with respect, we know that God's priority is the kingdom, we pray that God's will will be done in our lives and all around us, and then some things we're allowed to ask for, daily bread, we can ask for daily bread, we can ask for forgiveness, but that he qualifies. He said, you can ask for forgiveness as much as you're willing to forgive other people. And then uh, Levi talked last week about uh, deliver us from temptation. Lead us not into temptation. And we talk about temptation. We look at the world. The Bible puts it in three categories. Devil and the flesh. The Bible uses those terms. The world is the world around us out there, that world that we live in that is against God, and that's always asking us, come on, come with us. Come along with us. We want you to do what we do. Come and try this. It's a temptation. And then the devil, like Levi talked about Eve, talked about Adam and Eve. He comes to them, and what does he say? Try this, you'll like it. Try this, you'll like it temptation and then I guess most of all within our own selves there's things in us that want to do wrong. He talked about Romans chapter 7 which we've done just recently on Tuesday night and so we are allowed to pray and God encourages us to pray for help. We Go to God in prayer and the most reliable way to avoid temptation is to pray. Pray. That's what we need to do. Pray and ask God for help. And then I'm going to the extension of that today, which is to deliver us from evil. All right, To deliver us from evil. And uh, temptation leads us to evil. So pray, don't let us be tempted because we know it's going towards evil. We want to think about that today, uh, evil. Sin, once it's allowed, once we allow it to come into our life, becomes a habit. and habit becomes an addiction. All right. So it's a very dangerous thing. Uh, sin really gets... Of all the things in this world that God has put here, it's the one thing that is totally destructive in our lives. Sin is totally destructive. Lose your temper. Shout out in anger. Feels good to tell somebody off. (laughs) That's the temptation. Feels good told them I told them what I thought what are we doing we're creating enemies we're breaking up relationships destroying marriages and so was it worth it was it worth it uh, sin is the evil in this world it will ruin your life it will lead you to unhappiness matthew 6 something that jesus says here about that matthew chapter 6 he talks about evil. He's always got a wonderful way of putting things because he really grasps what the problem is. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of life. But if thy eye be evil, the evil eye. <laughs> and that's become a phrase we passed down through generations and generations. The evil eye. Heard that? You know, my mother said, don't give me the evil eye. You know, the evil eye. You know, it's in your eye. If thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. Therefore, if the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? He says, there's a way we see the world around us. There's a way we view life. He said, and you can view it with an evil eye. You can look at life with an evil eye. And what happens, basically what Jesus is telling us, is that if you've got an evil eye, you're going to look at something small, and you think it's big. And you look at something big, and you say, yeah, that's small. That's because your eye isn't seeing clearly. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, little things that your evil eyes, "Ah, that's not important. Don't worry about that. Uh, That's a a perception of life as we look out, the eye being the gate to look into the world. As you look out there and if your eye is evil, you say, well, what's important for me? What's important? How about going to church? My well, last not important. That's not important. You know, there's other things I need to do more. And so <clears throat> we get twisted around. And Jesus put it many different ways trying to communicate to us. And he said, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Something you think is not important, God thinks is very important. All right? Until you get your eye cleared out, Get your evil eye and you look at life incorrectly and <clears throat> get your evil eye straightened out. And he says, what will happen? Well, then you'll start to see what is important in this world. What really matters and what doesn't matter. So evil coming inside of us is part of the issue where he says, deliver me, deliver me from evil. So we're going to ask for help. We're allowed to ask for this help. Deliver me from evil. I need to get away from it in my own heart. I need to see the world the way God intends us to do it. Now, there's some other things about that that we want to look at too. Look with me at uh, Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. There's many places in the Bible where this is stated. But here we have a warning about evil. So if we're going to say, God, deliver me from evil, we have a responsibility to make certain choices. And here's one of those choices. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. So the company we keep, evil company, can be very destructive in our life. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood, let us lurk. Privily, for the innocent without cause, let us swallow them up alive, as a grave and whole, as though they go down to the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. Sometimes company is evil. It's particularly important for young people to remember that there are people who are a bad influence on us and they're inviting us to come along. Come along. Be a part of what I'm doing. And he says, if sinners entice you do not consent. Don't consent to that. Now, over in Psalm chapter 1 is some of the best advice about Dealing with your responsibility to deal with evil in our lives. Psalm chapter 1, very first chapter, very first verse. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. All right. They do not follow the counsel of the ungodly. They ask you the question then, where do you get your advice? Where do you get your advice from? What's the source of your advice? And in this world, there's a tremendous amount of advice out there. Tremendous amount of advice, and there's a lot of bad advice. When I talk to young people who are getting married, I always say to them, if you get to the point where you need help in your marriage, go to somebody and get some help. But be careful. Be careful. Because there's a lot of bad advice out there. I had one couple come to me and said, well, we went and got some advice. I said, where did you go? You went to the priest. What did he tell you? He said, hurry up and get a divorce. I said, he gave you bad advice. That's bad advice, and you shouldn't have taken it. Now it's too late. They took it, all right? But that was that was you know, the world has bad advice out there. You gotta be careful. So you wanna know where you get your advice and and the way the world views relationships is we could throw them out. It's a big deal. You know, and so be careful where you get your advice from. He says, don't take counsel or don't get advice from the ungodly. Next one, or standeth in the way of sinners. Where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your time? How much time do you spend in that way? Sometimes we're out in the working world and we have to do that. We have to be in the way of sinners. Over the years, people got to know who I was and The fact that I was here made a lot of difference, and they'd come in and swear and say, oh, can't say that Eric's here. Good, 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 good. We we want, if we're out there, we're to be a light in the world that restricts evil, all right? Where do you spend your time? Sometimes when I spent it out in that world, you know, there were people who we hope we had some influence over, and we did, We did. And then the last one, don't sit in the seat of the scornful. It is the habit of this world to become critical. To become very critical. And if you watch the news, everybody's critical about everything all the time. You know, you have your favorite channel and I don't think I have a favorite channel. I'd rather not watch the news. But when you watch it, there's always something critical that's going on, and that's kind of the way the world is. And he says, don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Or that is, you're going to sit in judgment on people, and you're going to be constantly critical, is to your own destruction. It's to your own bad end. And so he says, in the struggle to do well and to avoid evil, he says you'll have to be careful. Don't be critical and be careful. So this is a very good set of advice. Who do you get advice from? Where do you spend your time? And then are you becoming more and more critical all the time? And we hope that that evil force, that evil Influence in the world out there, as we're able to keep it at bay. All right. Now, when Jesus prayed, teaches to pray: uh, "Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we forgive. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil." What I've said so far is that we have a struggle in ourselves with evil and we got to deal with that and we got to be careful about the world around us and how much we take from that. But I think that the passage has more substantial warning than what I've just said. What I said needed to be said because we have to deal with our own hearts and we have to watch out the world around us because it will influence our thinking. But now I think we get to the really issue here of what he's telling us, deliver us from evil. John chapter 8. John chapter 8. John chapter 8. <clears throat> John chapter eight. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and they say well our father is Abraham we got it all together and he said oh really? (laughs) And then he says I'll tell you who your father is. Your father is the devil. Verse 44 John chapter 8 verse 44. You are of your father the devil and the lusts of your father you will do. You behave like him. He was a murderer from the beginning. All right, so first of all, we're talking about Satan, the devil. He says, first of all, he is a murderer. He's a murderer. Second. And he abode not in the truth, because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So he is a murderer and a liar. He's a murderer and a liar. Make no mistake, my friends, uh, we have a very powerful enemy in Satan. And I Understand this and don't ever forget it. He wants to kill you. He wants to kill you. Nothing would please him more if he could just kill you. He wants to kill you. All right? And there's nothing that he wants to do more than kill you. He was a murderer, he says, from the beginning. He wants to kill you. Secondly, he's always a liar. And so he's going to come with a very clever set of lies. And he's going to fool you. And of course the ultimate picture of that is Eve. He comes to her, he's got a lie. What's the lie? Well, God's not so good. He knows you could be a powerful person, Eve, if you eat of that fruit. Because if you do, you'll be just like God. You'll know everything. So eat the fruit and be just like God. It was the greatest lie ever told. Still people who believe that I can be God. and Run my own life. Run my own affairs. I can do what I want. Same lie. I can handle my own destiny I can be like God. I, I just live the way I want. I do not have to answer to anybody. Now, of course, the greatest lie, because as soon as they sin, who'd they answer to? God! Immediately. Immediately, they answered to God. All right. And so, uh, he wants you dead, and he'll find a way to kill you, and he'll find a way to scare you if he can. There was a time in my life when I was doing a lot of speaking, All around the different churches I used to speak and travel all over. Before I came here to stay here, uh, I was traveling all over. One time I spoke 13 times in 14 days. I was constantly speaking all over the place. And uh, what I was doing was talking about uh, the kingdom of Satan. I was talking about Jehovah's Witnesses. They came looking for me. I had all kinds of people looking for me. Halloween night one time, this group came right to the church where I was, <laughs> looking for me. And uh, we had a nice conversation. <clears throat> and I started to tread on Satan's kingdom pretty hard. And uh, he he wanted to get rid of me. I got the head of the a local one of the local kingdom halls in a meeting and and uh i got her pretty frustrated and she went out and got bombed out of her mind and she hadn't had a drink in 20 years one night with me and she went out and got drunk but there was a reason there was a reason for it because i was treading on that kingdom I was treading on that kingdom, and I was making headway for God, and we had pulled people out of Jehovah's Witnesses. And so my name was Dirt, you know. And I was driving home one night from Medina, and I came up to the big hill right here. And I remember it was the strangest thing, and I can't explain it. All I can tell you is what happened. I'm just coming up this hill right on the other side here, going south, and I look over in the field, and I see a glowing something, red glowing thing. that came across the field and hit my car. I heard it, bang, into the side of my car. So I got home, and I looked, and there's nothing. There's no mark, there's nothing. And I said, the devil can throw his rocks, but he can't hurt me when I'm treading on his kingdom, see? And so I can't explain that. All I know is that when I was being most obnoxious to the devil, I think he tried to scare me away unsuccessfully because you have to understand, deliver me from evil, what God is saying in book of Job, just before the book of Psalms is the book of Job. And this is what we need to know with such a dangerous adversary that we're working with here. Uh, Job chapter one, and you look at uh, verse eight. And the Lord said to Satan, has thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth, perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and Jews evil. And Satan answered the Lord, said, did Job fear God for naught?" He's not so good. Why? Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hand, and his substance is increased in the land. Satan said, I'd like to get a hold of Job, but I can't, because you're protecting him constantly on all sides. You've got a hedge. you build a hedge around him, and nobody can get at him. And I would have got him by now if you hadn't protected him. And so that's what God is doing when you say, deliver us from evil. Somebody wants to kill you. They want you dead. And more than that, they'd like to convince you that God is not good, that God has not told you the truth. They really want to do that. He's a powerful force. And and Paul says, we're not wrestling with, with people. Not flesh and blood. We wrestle with powers principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. That's our enemy. All right. And we got God putting a hedge around us, keeping us safe. You pray for that. You pray for that. You ask God, deliver me from evil. Keep him out of here. I ask that often for this church. Keep him out of here. I don't want him in here. We pray when we're asking God for the kingdom to come and he shall be, I pray, and keep him out. Deliver us from evil. I don't want him here. Uh, That's the important part of praying, and God said he'll do it. Uh, Take a look at Luke 22, just to show you how uh, violent Satan is. Luke chapter 22 It's uh, the Last Supper. It's at the Last Supper. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, or Peter, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you as wheat. Now, when you sift wheat, my mother used to sift flour. She had this old tin thing with a handle on it. Turn the handle Sift the flour and you always, when you're done, you beat it on the table. Beat that thing. She said, You want to do that? Yeah, let me do that. So I I can do that. And I get to pound it on, yeah. Oh, I love it. Pound it on the table. Sift it. Says Satan wants to beat you to a pulp. That's what he said to Peter. He wants a beat you to a pulp. He wants to grind you down until you're nothing left of you. That's what he wants to do. But, verse 32, I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not when thou art converted. Strengthen thy brethren. So when we're calling on God, come and deliver us from evil. Keep us from his power. All right. He, he re- recognize what he wants to do to us. He wants to murder us. He wants to lie to us. He wants to stop us in our tracks, and he loved to beat you to a pulp. He loved to. So he says, I want you to pray. Remember when you're praying. Remember when you're talking to me of all the things we want you to think about. Don't forget to ask God and say, deliver me from evil. It's here, it's real. The genuine force. I've sensed it sometimes. I remember one more story. I know I'm running late. One more story. I was up, when I was young, I was up in uh, Toronto. And uh, uh, we were doing some things with French. So we were speaking French. We tried, we weren't that good at it, but we tried. And uh, we were staying at the Chateau Frontenac. It was a big hotel in there, and we went down, or Quebec, we were in Quebec. And so there's a river goes by Quebec, and it was nighttime, and I said, let's all go down and jump on the ferry right across the ferry. So, yeah, let's do this. There's something we can do. So a bunch of us went down to the ferry, and as I was just walking on the ferry, I felt a chill like I can't explain. It wasn't cold outside, but it was something inside. And I thought, "Wow, what, what was that?" And I felt something really, really cold inside. And uh, I don't know. We got on the boat, we rode across on the ferry, and came back, and went back to the hotel, and went to sleep. In the morning, there was a newspaper by our hotel. We grabbed it up, and it said there was a lady who committed suicide, jumped off the ferry at five minutes before we arrived, and I thought, that's what I felt. I felt an evil presence, and it was a chilling presence, and it was enough to push a lady into the water and drown. That's what I felt. I couldn't explain that, and I still can't explain it. All I can tell you is that I felt something that was chilling and cold. He wants to kill. He got a chance that night to kill. He had her go over the edge. and She died. And so this is a powerful force. And you need to make sure in your prayers. Say, I'm watching my own life. I'm being careful where I get my advice. Where I spend my time. I don't want to give in to a critical spirit. But. But. I got to ask God. Deliver me from that. Deliver me from evil. Don't. Forget that. Don't leave that out of your prayer. Deliver me from evil. All right, so we've come almost to the end. And then we get next week, mine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We'll talk about that next week. Thank you.